Hi, I'm James Atkinson, and welcome to the conversation that I recorded with Will Tatchell, founder of Van Diemen Brewing in Northern Tasmania. Van Diemen recently launched the first of their entirely farm-grown, single-origin estate ale beers, which are unique not only in Australia, but globally. They're the culmination of a passionate project by Will that got underway almost three years ago. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Will Tatchell, thanks very much for joining us on Radio Brews News. James, thanks very much for uh, coming down and being here in Tasmania. Nice to have a chat with you uh, on the seaside in in Launceston. Uh, I think seaside is probably a a slight extension of the uh, poetic licence, but yeah, ripper day in Launceston as always. Beautiful sunny, clear days, 27, 28 degrees, perfect drinking weather. Yeah, I'm actually wishing I was wearing shorts like you are at the moment, to be honest. Um, For people who don't know... You know, the Van Diemen story. Tell us about the brewery. So Van Diemen, we're situated uh, 20 minutes south of Launceston in the, in the northern part of Tasmania. Uh, we've been going for eight and a half years. My backstory is essentially a um, I'm Tasmanian born and bred um, and grown up on farms. Um, my parents were, were both farmers. Uh, went to university, did a science degree or an ag science degree there and during that time sort of realised the, uh, the inherent links between brewing and agriculture and started to diversify a few of my subjects uh, towards the, the brewing side of things. Um, but it was really uh, after university where I went to England and worked as a brewer over there where um, I sort of developed the passion for the industry and the knowledge and the and, and what was occurring and, and learnt pretty much everything that, um, that I now know whilst working over there. Um, came back to Australia at the end of 2006 and looked at where the market was and, and where it was heading and thought that um, the time was right to jump in the deep end and, and start up Van Diemen and uh, we haven't really looked back since and look it's a, it's a great industry to work in and I have very, very, very few regrets about uh, the decision that I've made. And the brewery's on the family farm? Yeah, so it is. So um, we looked at sites when we came back from, uh, from Europe, uh, whether or not to set up in Melbourne or closer to a bigger market um, or uh, setting up in an industrial estate in Launceston. But uh, the more we looked at it, the more there was a greenfield site on the brewery farm, um, on the family farm, and, and it sort of lent itself to, to producing English-style ales, which, which I'd learnt to brew in England, obviously, but... Um, but provide us a bit more opportunity to, to do a few things with regards to building and, and brewing. I say that it was opportunistic at best about, about making that decision, but uh, where the brewery has gone in the last 18 months to two years, um, we've really started to push that, that farm nature and that um, being on farm um, component, and I think it's working or will work beneficially for us going forward. And we're about to see some exciting new beers that are, that are all made from ingredients sourced on site. Um, tell us about the new beers that are being launched tonight in Tassie. So we've got, we've, uh, five weeks out from Christmas, we've decided it's a great idea to launch six new beers. Um, whether, it's, uh, whether it's good planning or, or bad planning, it's, it's, we'll wait and see, but... Um, two of the beers that we're launching tonight are the first in our estate ale series. So they are single origin, entirely um, brewery farm, grown, sourced, um, processed and then brewed uh, with ingredients. So that's taking barley, 
that we've grown on the, on the farm. We planted in 2015 and, and got a harvest off that last year uh, and then has subsequently been malted um, initially in Launceston at, at the uh, former Not For Horses malting. Um, and we're now in development of, of putting in a maltings or a small maltings plant at the brewery so that we can do that process on farm. Um, and again, we've got a, another barley crop in for next year's brews. The hops, the hop field we've had in for um, coming up to our seventh harvest, so that's a, a mix of Cascade and Super Pride hops. The water, so we're drawing from springs on the property that, which feed a majority of the stock troughs uh, and dams across the farm. We've tapped into that and now that water source feeds a majority for our brewing operations. We, we're running it through a reverse osmosis water filter to, to give us some pretty pure water uh, coming through there. And then the critical component in the Estate Ale series was the uh, yeast development. So the work we've done with that covers across about two and a half years worth of work. So initially started from a spontaneous capture, um, doing, it, doing some brews through that isolating out the um, the wild strains and yeasts that were there uh, and then subsequently going through some brewing trials with regards to um, sensory analysis with, with what each of those yeast strains um, allowed and stuff and, and produced with regards to brewing. Uh, and what we were left with was two um, really great quality strains that, uh, that now we've joined together to produce our Everton yeast strain and, uh, and that's what's now allowed us to kick this uh, into gear with regards to the estate ales. So the estate ales are named after my three sons, Max, Edward and Oscar. And uh, the first one is Max, which is essentially a spring saison, a really light, uh, crisp, effervescent um, saison style. And we've thrown into it a heap of lemons um, to really match the, the yeast character um, that we're getting out of it. Um, and then the second one is Edward, which is a hoppy farmhouse ale. So we're trying to encapsulate a bit more of the hop flavour, the hop character, a bit more of the bitterness coming through from the from the hops harvested in the hop field, um, just on the downside of the brewery. So an Oscar will uh, come into play in the first half of 2018, and that'll be more of a malt-driven beer. So we've tried to we tried to put out the the yeast-driven, the the hop-driven, and then the malt-driven to to really showcase the the ingredients of the brews and uh, go from there. We have thought about doing a water-flavoured beer, but we don't reckon that'll be that popular. (laughs) There's already a fair few of them on the market anyway. Um, How unique is the concept of an estate ale, both in Australia and and globally? From from what I understand, um, there's only a handful of breweries in the world that are actually doing this. Probably the best known is Sierra Nevada with their uh, estate ale. A couple of the uh, the New York farm breweries are, are starting to, to get to the point where we're at now. Um, as far as the Australian market goes, uh, Two Meter Tall, Rocky Ridge in WA, I think they're sort of starting to push down a, a similar path. But as far as I'm aware, I think these are the first that... Um, that have actually managed to achieve the, the result of, um, of producing these as, as state ales of, of fully encompassing beers. So the furthest in ingredient travelled for, for these beers uh, from um, growing through to harvesting and, and then subsequently brewing is 435 metres. So people will be familiar with the concept of food miles. Well, as with everything, beer does it better and we're turning into beer metres. How important was it to selectively choose these particular yeast strains? You know, were you thinking about doing it completely spontaneously? 
in the first instance and then decided that that would be a more sort of reliable or consistent way to go? No, it wasn't. We always um, we always set out on the path of, of making them arguably clean beers. Um, we are doing spontaneous um, beers on the side, but these estate ales are always set out to be to clean finishing beers. So from the yeast um, isolation, we isolated out the best part of 115 different yeasts. Uh, from a spontaneous capture Um, we selected out 10 of those for further sensory analysis and from that we did a couple of of small um, 20 litre batches for further sensory analysis and the two of them really showed promise as being that clean finish there were I mean the 105 that we knocked straight out we didn't even take them to sensory analysis because you could tell straight up that there was there was dramas going to occur through the brewing process they just weren't suitable for brewing so the um the two that we're left with now we had the option to to either keep them separate um or combine them and and we perceived that it would be more more representative of the um of the brewing component to, uh, to actually adjoin them and, and use them as a single yeast. And so the estate ales are going to be, you know, annual vintage releases, if you will. Where do they sit in terms of your portfolio and what's kind of like the engine room of, of the Van Diemen business, you know, from a core range point of view? Yeah, so that we have a core range of, uh, of five beers, so a pale ale, an amber ale, um, a white ale, an oatmeal stout, and then a, an IPA. So they're they're doing a, a, the uh, majority of the load with regard to war, workhorse uh, there. The estate ales uh, and some of the barrel releases and this, eventually the spontaneous components are probably starting to more fit into where we're looking with regards to the farm brewery side of things. I'm pretty confident that... Um, we will release these estate ales every 12 months. If not, we'll, we'll, we'll try and get them to the point where they essentially become our core range. We feel that it's important that people know where their, where their beer comes from and we can't do that any better than being confident about uh, the product actually coming from soil on our farm and, and from ground uh, and, and air around it. So um, that's, that, that would be the ultimate hope, is that these estate ales essentially end up becoming our core range beers. And what happens to the existing core range then, if that eventuates? I reckon there's, there's still a spot for them, but uh, me as a brewer, I find these more exciting to brew, um, more in keeping with what we're, what we're trying to do and um, where we're trying to, to point ourselves um, with regards to the brewery. And I think that's something that's um, inherently important and I think it's if we're, if we're true to our word with, with what we're trying to do and where we're trying to go, I think these estate ales play a, a huge part in that and it's a, it's a project that's, that I've been pretty passionate about for, for quite a few years and to see them come to fruition, um, it's something that we, that we want to try and push into the future. So the core range that is now will still be there but they probably won't, they, they'll probably become seasonal releases so having launched in 2009, um, you guys are sort of like one of the elder, elder statesmen of, I suppose, the, uh, you know, the modern brewing era in Tassie. What was the, le- the brewing landscape like back in 2009 when you guys launched? Uh, can I clarify, elder statesmen but still yet very much immature uh, in nature. Um, look, at what, it certainly wasn't what it is now. I mean, now we've got... Uh, 
I think we were discussing it this afternoon. I think there's now 27 independent breweries uh, in the state. I mean, when we started, I think we were the we were the fifth, fourth or fifth. Um, so it's changed from a sense that um, the plethora of, of breweries now now putting products under, into the market is is great, and for consumers, that's brilliant. Um, but at the same time, the consumer uptake. Um, sort of eight years down the track is so much greater than, than what it was eight years ago. So um, I think they're mutually beneficial. I think um, as a consumer continues to evolve, the offerings from each brewery continue to evolve. Um, there's a benefit for everyone there. And one of the things that I've kind of seen when I've been in Tassie and that we've probably talked about in the past is just that you know the Tassie on-premise have been a little bit slower to embrace independently brewed beer. Is that something that you see changing gradually yeah no it is difficult i mean we're a small business in a, in a highly competitive market so we're up against it with regards to our independent competitors and then we throw in um two of the the more historically strong breweries in bogues and cascade in the state so it, it is going to be difficult but over the last few years you've seen places like st john um tandy's empress uh, the Winston starting to open up, so there are pockets of the industry that are that are really starting to to glow, and I think consumers are accepting of that. And as more and more restaurants and and venues start to click into that, um, I think the offerings from independent beer, both locally and from interstate, are uh, are going to benefit consumers. And so for Van Diemen, do you see yourselves focusing more on your local market, or are you also looking to you know grow on the mainland as well? Because you have had beer um, I think in Sydney having a presence in the mainland is always something that we'd like we, we, we'd like to have that offering there whether it be um, as small as what it is at the moment um, our focus at the moment is certainly the local market I think especially with the beers that we're now starting to, to push out um, we're really conscious that fresh is best um, the moment the beer leaves our brewery doors, we lose control of it effectively. So the, um, the ability to, to deliver a keg an hour after it's been kegged off out of a tank to a venue is, is incredibly powerful. And I'm sure any brewery across the country will agree with that. So um, the local component is what's critical for us. The more drive, the more uptake we get from there, the, um, the better we see ourselves successfully and then existing further on into the future. There's a lot of talk at the moment about how competitive the industry is generally and you guys don't have a cellar door or a brew pub or anything along those lines. Is that something that you've looked at, um, you know, introducing on the farm? Uh, it's a question that we perpetually ask ourselves about every 12 to 18 months. We've got a brilliant site at the brewery that is tailor-made for, for a cellar door or brewery door type facility. I can't imagine it'd be too far off. It's um, we're starting to have sort of further discussions amongst uh, my wife and I and my parents um, whether or not it's something that we want to put into the farm. It'd be brilliant if we did. Whether we can do that and when we can say that'll happen, I'm not sure. But uh, it's certainly something that we're trying to work towards. I mean, we're we're already doing everything else on farm. It'd be ridiculous of us not to um, not to provide an offering where people can come and enjoy the beers uh, themselves. So. Let's hope so, Jones. How actively involved with the rest of the family in the business? Is it um, when you come up with the idea of the estate ales, is that kind of something that you talk about as a family group before deciding that, it, that it's the avenue that you're going to go down? Or is it very much you, you're driving all of the 
you know, the creative, strategic side of the business? I call my wife the traffic light, so I would normally come home from work with uh, two or three harebrained ideas, uh, and I'll either get a red, an orange, or a green light on whether to pursue those. Most of the time it's a red. Um, so Kaylee, she's essentially our marketing manager and, and the level-headed one of the, of the business, so um, she keeps me in check. Uh, my father, Robert, or Motor, as most people would know him, he's about as mad as what I am. Uh, so he doesn't drink beer, so he's the most trustworthy employee we'll ever have. But he's, ab- <laughs> he's absolutely useless with uh, throwing a, a brewing idea or a beer idea to him or getting him to taste something new because his response is pretty much the same the entire way through it. Mm, tastes like beer. So the response we get from him is not too much. So... Um, Dad does a majority of the farming work. Uh, We're starting to transition a little bit in that uh, we got rid of cattle 18 months ago so that we could free up a bit of land for for growing the barley and stuff. And I think we'll we'll continue to transition a little further into the brewing side of things. If you ask Dad, the brewery makes more money than the farm, so we we put a bit more attention into that. I wonder if you've now explained why the IPA is called Motormouse. Yes, our beloved Motormouth. IPA is uh, is named after my father, so there's a there is a there is quite a family theme running through. So the Duchess New World Barrel IPA is named after my mother. That's a that's a nickname that she has for ruling the roost. Uh, the Estate Ales, as I said previously, are, are named after my three sons. There are a few other friends and family that would like beers named after them. Um, I haven't yet named one after myself. I'm not that. <laughs> I'm not that self-interested that I'll uh, that I'll look to do one sometime soon. Um, yeah, so there, there is a family theme running through there. I mean, it, it's brilliant. I really enjoy it. Working with my father most days, either on the farm or in the brewery, is a, is a is brilliant. I really enjoy it. The feedback that he gets is, is he won't like me saying this, but he is an inspiration. He, he rides 70 to 80 kilometres uh, of a morning um, before he rocks up at work and. Um, Whilst at times his work ethic may not be the greatest, he enjoys life to the tilt, and uh, if I can uh, if I can emulate that whilst uh, whilst being successful in the brewery, then that'll be that'll be great for me and my family. And people who follow you on Instagram would have seen that Motormouth popped up in a can um, recently. So when's when's that happening, and how's it happening? Because you don't have a canning line on site. No, we don't have a canning line. We decided to go down the bottle route three years ago when we, we had the option we thought the cans were probably going to be a little bit too at the forefront hindsight would have suggested that a canning line might be quite advantageous now uh yeah so we've brewed the beer during the week the motormouth ipa uh and then we've got east coast canning coming down on the 13th of december to to throw through a run so that'll hopefully be all be gone by uh christmas i'm looking to keep the best part of 80 percent of what we produce for uh my own Christmas and New Year uses, so we'll see what happens. There's a lot of IPAs on the market now. What what does um, Motormouth offer in terms of hop character that um, you know you try and make it stand out from the rest? Yeah, so I, IPAs, as with a lot of brewers, are, are arguably my favourite or one of my favourite styles of beer. So I actually held off for a period of time um, brewing an IPA because I had that much respect for the style that I did not want to do it discredit. Uh, when actually producing it so ours is a west coast IPA we've got Amarillo and Mosaic Hop in there um, and you're obviously getting a lot of those characteristic uh, flavours through there so a lot of um, sort of that grapefruit melon pine forest floor 
Um, I tasted it out of tank this morning and there was a lot of nectarine flavours uh, happening. So, um, yeah, West Coast IPA, 5.5%, um, entirely smashable. And then on the, um, the pale ale, that's an all-Tasmanian hop bill. Uh, was that sort of a conscious decision to, with that beer to go with Galaxy and Enigma because they were Tasmanian hops? Yeah, so all of our core range is uh, Tasmanian hops. So we made that decision probably three, four years ago that we had ac- direct access to the HPA stock and it, and it made sense for us to, to go down that route. Our pale ale, we've done a fair bit of work with regards to recipe development and tweaking it. And about 18 months ago, we threw back to Galaxy, purely Galaxy. Uh, and then we introduced Enigma probably 12 months ago and that Galaxy and Enigma mix really presented itself as the best hop match that we had in the beer whilst bringing through a lot of that malt uh, character that's also in the beer. So we found that Galaxy and Enigma were the, were the best two for us in that parallel. And you've recently become board member of the Independent Brewers Association. Had you been part of the CBIA as it was previously called? From the outset? Uh, yeah, so I've always been a, a member of the CBIA from uh, from the get-go. Uh, and then, yeah, 12 months ago, I uh, was elected onto the board of the, the IBA. And that's been an invaluable experience, um, sort of seeing the seeing the industry from a, uh, from a top-down level and, and where we're trying to push the industry as a whole, um, stepping outside my microcosm of Van Damme Brewing and um, sort of seeing and appreciating and acknowledging everything that uh, that independent brewers are doing across the country um, and and venues and suppliers and um, journalists and, and media is is absolutely invaluable and I think it's given me perspective that um, that I didn't have 12 months ago and something that's um, that reignited my passion for the brewing industry and particularly the the Australian and, and Tasmanian brewing industry about what we can achieve and and where we can go as a as a community and and what we what's actually there for the for the taking and, and then bringing consumers along with us so it's been really valuable um that role and, and i look to fulfill it for another 12 months and then see where it goes from there fantastic and so for people who want to try the new beers where can they find them and and how are they sold i think you're doing some kind of pack where you can buy all, all six of the beers together probably the best place to get them is through the website that's where we can certainly guarantee that they'll they'll all be there and and um available so yeah with six new beers we've got a, a a christmas pack of 12 so two of each of the the new releases that uh should have gone on the website today but we'll have it up on monday that uh that people can buy and get the best of both worlds and um enjoy it and and have a brilliant christmas will um congratulations on the launch of um some of Australia's first estate ales, if not the first. And, yeah, thanks for joining us on the program. Beautiful, James. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming down. Look forward to enjoying a, uh, a few beers with you tonight. Cheers. That was Will Tatchell. If you enjoy Radio Brews News and Beer is a Conversation, please rate us and leave a review on your favourite podcasting app, like iTunes. We look forward to joining you next time for another conversation about beer.